What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Knuckle Buster. I really wanted to shout out. I really appreciate all the love and support I've been getting over the past two weeks, uh, ever since this has really been created and going, sticking with me through all the tough times of this. Uh, we have a very special episode with a retired chief who is now an aerospace science instructor with the JROTC. Uh, real excited to get into it. Just wanted to shout out to my Facebook page. Uh, just look up Knucklebuster. Make sure to like and follow that, and also on Instagram, Knucklebuster AP. Without anything else, I really do appreciate all the support. Let's get after it. How's it going, Chief Porter? Oh, everything's going pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for coming on to the uh, podcast. I know it's kind of uh, uh, it's kind of tough to get our schedules to line up, you know, with the time difference between us. Indeed. Yeah, it's no problem. I appreciate you asking me on here. I know we're you know have a, a world of difference in our, our time zones, but I know right now it's pretty well fairly early in the afternoon or late in the afternoon, I should say, but pretty early in the morning for you over there. So, you know, I appreciate you getting up to make this happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really excited. And I'm sure all the listeners are also very excited to listen. So uh, just go ahead and just give a little introduction about yourself. Sure. Well, my name is uh, Mioski Porter. Actual title is, I guess you would say, Chief Master Sergeant Retired. Miyoski Porter. Uh, just a little bit of background about myself. I uh, spent 26 years in the Air Force, only recently retiring, effective like February 1st of 2020 this year. Uh, last duty station was Guam, but that Air Force career took me all over the place. I think I joined in 1994, February of 1994, and had duty assignments from Italy to Nebraska, Idaho, Mississippi, Alabama, Guam, of course, all over the place. So I had a, a pretty varied career, not just in duty assignments, but actually also in actual career fields. I mean, I started off as a as a maintainer, electronic warfare. So I was in av avionics. And then from there, after a couple of years of doing that, after my first duty assignment, actually, I went on to to fly. I guess you can call it airborne avionics, but I was an airborne mission specialist. and went to fly on RC-135s out of Offutt. Ooh. <laughs> and that took me all over the place. Yeah, that was enjoyable. Very exciting because, you know, it just took us all over the place from, you know, various locations in, in Japan, Misawa, Kadena, even Yokota sometimes, to Thailand, to Diego Garcia. Oh, man. I had to stop through Guam a few times, you know, never really flew out of there, but we would fly passing through. And then going in the other direction, in the other direction also, going over to Millenhall and uh, Suda Bay Creek. Uh, just different locations. You know, those are places we flew out of. I can't really talk about where we flew to from those locations, but if you know RC 135s, then you, you kind of know that you know, we're <laughs> out there doing reconnaissance in various aspects. So we do it was very stuff. enjoyable. Absolutely. Oh, man, that is like a, like a career that's definitely envious for someone as myself who's only been in seven years and I've been to Minot and Guam. So hopefully in the future, maybe, you know, there's, there's more bases I'm able to hit, you know, and get a little bit more active as far as the PCSing world. Uh, what, what would you say was probably your favorite uh, location? Probably, I would have to say, and this was more so based off of the actual job. You know, most people wouldn't believe me when I said, hey, Montgomery, Alabama was my favorite duty assignment of all the places I've been. Really? But as far as locations, it was it was it was just a um, outstanding job. Just a great group of people, a uh, bunch of senior NCOs, chiefs, senior master sergeants, master sergeants. You know, just um, an unbelievable mission that we had there, and and just educating 
our senior enlisted. And uh, it was a family. I think that was the best part about it. In no other place have I felt like such a sense of, of family in an assignment. So when we left that place, we really missed it. Not that I haven't had other great assignments. You know, if we want to talk about, you know, great locations. Right. No, Montgomery wasn't that great of a location outside of the historical aspects of being in Alabama. But, you know, as far as the assignment was concerned, that was my actual favorite. But best location would have to be Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely say Italy is a... Uh... Uh, that would be really nice to go out there. All my friends that are stationed out there, all the photos they post is just complete, just jealousy from all the way over here. Well, you know, I do have a tropical paradise. Uh, it's, it's again, it's in the middle of the ocean versus, you know, being able to take a train and you're in Germany in just a few hours, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I, I enjoy Guam, you know, you know, you are, you're stuck on an island, but you know, you make the most of it. And uh, yeah, there's there's very few other places I think there would be better to be than actually stationed at Guam. So I do hope you're enjoying that that actual assignment there. Yeah, no, I, I'm, on, I'm, on the, I'm on the tail end of it. I only got about, uh, I think I'm at like 10 months left. And then uh, I'm actually playing for orders here in the next few months uh, with, with my wife as well. So that should go pretty, hopefully it's going to go pretty well. The Air Force is normally known for being able to keep mill-to-mill couples together on a, they have a pretty high percentage rate. So, mm -hmm. but so, well, oh, go ahead. No, I just saying, when you get back to Minot, please send me a hello. <laughs> I'll come up uh, and visit during the summer, not during the winter. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't wish that bad voodoo on me. I'm already nervous enough as it is. So, but so, so go ahead and just uh, give me a real nice brief on uh, what do you currently do now that you've been retired? Cause you served for how many years? 26 years. Okay, sweet. So, so, so now that you've transitioned out, uh, what did you decide to get into? How do you like it? Uh, and like, whenever you're coming through the retirement process, you know, was it difficult for you? So I guess the way that I can really start the story about what I do now is really taking you back to prior to me coming into the Air Force, really going back to high school, because I did not come into the Air Force directly out of high school. I went to uh, college for a year. I was still in Air Force ROTC. Uh, I wasn't quite ready for college. That's a whole nother story, another discussion. But while in high school, I was in junior ROTC, Air Force junior ROTC. And I just had a great love for it, a great love for my instructors, my fellow cadets to program everything that we did. You know, I have Air Force in my family background, but it was never something I really knew until well after I joined the Air Force. But I had a uh, Grandfathers on both sides were actually in the Air Force. So, oh, wow. but, um, and growing up in Vegas, of course, we had Nellis Air Force Base and we would see the Thunderbirds and, and being involved in junior ROTC, we'll make some trips out to the Air Force Base, but it still wasn't really something that was a part of my actual, my life through family. But I always knew that once I came into the Air Force, that if that was something that I wanted to do after I finished my career in the Air Force was, was give back to uh, the high school. The high school environment right. that I know gave so much to me, you know, growing up. So that led me to to seeking a career in Air Force Junior ROTC as a aerospace science instructor, which is what I'm currently doing uh, here in the Atlanta Metro. Specifically, uh, I actually work over in Coweta County, but um, I'm living a little bit, maybe about 15 minutes away from where I actually work in Peachtree City. But um, 
a lot of great programs out here, a lot of great Air Force Junior ROTC programs. I just happen to be at one of them in one of the local high schools, but there's many others out here. So, and it's just a great opportunity to uh, really give back to some high school students who are looking for some guidance, some direction, just some affiliation. You know, a lot of them, you know, there is no Air Force base in, in this area. You have Dobbins up in the North Atlanta Metro, but it's a reserve base. And, and the, uh, the kids around here don't really have much to do with that reserve base up there. So there's not a lot of actual military, you know, related individuals here through family, but they still have a love for the military. And I think they express that by, by joining Air Force Junior ROTC. So I love what I'm doing. That, no, that's, that is, that is awesome. I'm real happy. I mean, I know I, sometimes you hear about the, you know, people that retire, they just kind of don't do anything. They, they'd rather just get in and kind of go do their own thing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you being able to give back to those who, you know, you were once in their shoes, that's, that is definitely honorable. Thank you. I appreciate that. So now going into the uh, retirement uh, process of it, when like, what were some of the beneficial things that kind of comes with retirement? Like if somebody was deciding whether or not to stay in the, for the full 20 years to whether they're opted into the BRS or the the high three uh, retirement system for the pension, what benefits do you think that really carries that someone should take into consideration when deciding whether to separate or continue? Well, I mean, it kind of goes without saying, you know, having a a guaranteed income for the rest of your life, you know, it's kind of hard to beat that benefit. So going to 20 years and and when I came through the Air Force, you know, I never had the the, the new blended retirement system as an option. But um, of course, I fell under the, the, the high three and you know, I think um, I'm not really going to discuss, you know, the benefits of either one of those, but, you know, I think just in, in, in general, if you get the 20 and having that retirement, it's going to be something that you can always, you know, have at least, you know, some, some payment coming in, some stability coming in. So amongst the other benefits, and that's just, that's just retirement itself, but getting to retirement and just the benefits, you know, in your career, the benefits of, of being in the military, you know, the health care, things you don't really, you know, truly realize how much of a, a benefit they are until you don't have them. As an example, I mentioned that I don't have really any military bases in close proximity. So just being able to go to the commissary, to the base exchange, things like that, you know, saving money, not paying taxes, things like that are, are great benefits. But as far as, you know, retirement, you know, I love it. My process to get to retirement from that, that time where I made that decision, which was really at about maybe a year in and maybe three or four months back, uh, it was fairly smooth. I don't know if it was just being a chief master sergeant and, and having some options available during, during uh, I should say, through executive taps. And we all have taps that, that's available. Have you gone through taps by? by uh, I have way? not yet. With uh, with all the COVID going on, they've they've discontinued it for, for a short time. Uh, I know I've, I have to attend informed decision, uh, which just, I mean, uh, from what I understand, it's just really just kind of giving you just an overall sense of like, all right, you're getting out or are you staying in? Like these are the things to really weigh into the balance before you go to taps. So I know I got that coming up. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a, I think a great program. Uh, I had, actually I was in the, in the program. I know, you know, Colonel Russell, right? I don't know if he should not still be there. No. Yeah. So, in, so in he's day. actually left. Yes. He actually retired, okay. I believe. Mm-hmm. So I was in the, in the, uh, my transition my transitional program with Colonel Colonel Russell and the the group. I'm sorry, the medical group uh, commander. 
So it was kind of tailored to folks who maybe had some options going into executive level or more senior level type management or leadership in, in various companies. So they really tailored that to prepare us, you know, for the resume process, for the interview process. I pretty much knew what I was doing. So it was beneficial in just knowing a lot of the options out there, the VA stuff. But as far as the job was concerned, my next job, you know, I had already had the resume built. I was already in contact with a couple of schools that I wanted to actually get hired on with. So it was really, you know, just some time to really hone that resume and just learn some skills and just get, you know, prepared to be out there in, in the civilian sector. I think right. I only went halfway out the door, of course, because I still wear the uniform at least four days a week. One day a week we wear civilian clothes, but... So maybe I wasn't fully prepared to make that full transition and, and maybe that's why I joined junior ROTC, but, you know, outside of actually that job itself, everything else is, you know, a civilian as life can be, you know, there is no other military structure or support that I have here outside of a reserve base up North, but I could say that transition. And I think whether or not you be a chief master sergeant or a senior airman or staff sergeant going through that, you know, you really should, avail yourself of those benefits that they offer through TAPS and not necessarily, not necessarily just through that actual transition program, but just a lot of other things that are available to you when you're ready to make that transition or really well before you make it because, you know, for those folks who've been in for a while, if this is all you've ever done, which for a lot of us, it is. A lot of us come in directly out of, out of high school or maybe just a little bit of, you know, some other work experience or school experience before joining the service you know, it's, it's just a different world out here. So you really have to know what you're about to, what you're about to jump into. And so I would say my transition was fairly smooth, really smooth. I mean, yeah, no, it's, 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 I could definitely understand that. Like people got to know what they're, what they're getting themselves into. And I definitely, as me, you know, who's hit seven years and I'm going on my eighth year, it's a, uh, it's kind of like, I think I really think about like, Oh, maybe I should just separate and just move on. But I mean, at the same time, I'm like, almost halfway so maybe I might stay I'm still kind of weighing that in the balance you know with the with the family and everything like that but you know so, some of the things that uh, I take into consideration you know especially that a lot of uh, active duty members do listen to this podcast and they are in a similar situation as mine you know typically they're actually around like six years but anyway so so with them it's like some of the benefits I think about like you said you know the health insurance that you know a lot of people don't think about is like paying like co-pays on normal health insurance you know those prices are pretty expensive versus you know where you just go to the pharmacy and you get it for free uh, like BAH which is your housing allowance and that's that's non-taxable your BAS which is your food like your food money and like uh, I mean I, I know like on the civilian side they do give you you you're like oh you'll get paid more and you do get paid more, but you also have to pay for more as well. Indeed. So, so, so for stuff like that, you know, I kind of got to weigh all that. Plus like another couple of good benefits is like 30 days of uh, vacation. And like, I don't know very many companies on the outside that would allow you to actually take uh, three weeks, four weeks off straight being away and be just totally okay with it while you're still getting paid. So that's, that is like, like that alone, is just like a huge thing for me. And uh, also another big thing is the education. The uh, in the Air Force we get forty five hundred dollars uh, every single year uh, from the community college of the Air Force, and I mean as you know I I I've been able to use it uh, 
pretty efficiently. I'm, I'm just about done with my bachelor's and it's all been paid for under this program. And also on top of that, under the education side is the, uh, the Air Force Cool, which is just a credentialing program. And that <laughs> I was able to go get my AMP, you know, off of that. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's all those things that where you all kind of got to weigh that in. Like the, yeah, the Air Force can be tough at times, you know, they, they're going to ask a lot of you because, you know, you've given them that time. But I feel like a lot of service members that I've seen really uh, like undervalue and like underperform their careers, you know, because they don't utilize all of these perks that are sitting in front of them. Now, whether Absolutely. they use it or not, you know, it, it's definitely up to them. And, you know, the Air Force doesn't care either way. It definitely uh, would help you more than anything. It's just like as a chief, you know, because you were a chief, you, you retired in 2019, I believe, right? So I left there. I left Guam in 2019, but officially retired in, in 2020. Oh, perfect. So, so you've been able to see the transition between the older generation, uh, the older generation leadership, you know, how, how they all kind of came through to where now it's more the millennials and the new, uh, is it Gen, Gen X or Gen Zs that, that, that are starting to come in. Mm -hmm. So as a chief, uh, what's, what, what's like some advice that, that you can give to active duty members to be able to maximize their time in the military or for even people that are considering joining the military? How can they maximize that time? Well, I'll tell you, you already mentioned a couple of those things. You really cannot place enough value on, on those programs that they give you for education. You know, just me and my transition out, and one of the requirements was having a bachelor's degree because I was going to be a, a high school teacher. And at right. the very least, you have to have your bachelor's degree to teach high school. But it was uh, some other things that made me, uh, I think, very attractive to some of the schools because it wasn't just a, a simple walk on. You know, there's other other folks who are retiring who, if I take, give you an example of like San Antonio, where you have, you know, military bases all over the place. And that's one of the locations we looked at for, for actual relocating. And um, I would have been competing against many other, many other, you know, retirees or soon to be retired individuals who had, you know, BMT in their background, education, of course. So, you know, it was competitive. So it wasn't just the education, the bachelor's degree, but it was also you know, and, and it was through some of the assignments that I had that I got some credentialing. My credentialing was more along the lines of education because right. I, at one point in time, I was a tech school instructor. So I actually worked for the Community College of the Air Force, which, you know, is an, it's an accredited institution, just like any of the, the local colleges here, universities. So we had to, uh, you know, basically go through that process to maintain our accreditation, which meant your instructors had to meet various standards to be, you know, eligible to be called instructors. And through that, you know, they would get, they would meet, hit certain, I guess you can call it goals within their actual instructor careers where they would get certifications, instructor certifications. So those things are actually very valuable just coming out of the military, having those certifications through a, what was basically, what is, I should say, a, a junior college, junior college, the Air Force. So when high school looked at me, they looked at someone who not only had, of course, the requirements, who met the requirements, but also had experience in teaching and credentials that went along with that. And that was just a career trip, the path that I chose during my active duty career. But those same ones that you talked about, you know, no matter what you may do, there's going to be options for you to seek out education, seek out, you know, credentials. Some of it may be more technical related, some educator related, but whatever you happen to do, you have to 
have a plan really for what you think you're going to want to do once you make that transition out of the military. And, you know, I always told folks that the military is going to take a lot away from you. And I spent a lot of time deployed on the road, not necessarily a traditional, you know, 180 days, but especially when I was flying, I would be gone 30 days here, 45 days here. And I would just, you know, it was just throughout the year. I think on average, you hit about 150 days, 160 days a year. Oh, wow. And, you know, just missing your family, you know, missing your babies growing up, you know, being gone, you come back and they don't recognize you because, you know, it's just the way it is. So the military is always going to take a lot from you, be it those type of deployments or your more traditional deployments, just time away from family, you know, just crazy hours at work, stressful environments. So I always tell, you know, airmen to take advantage of what the military offers you in return, because, you know, they don't do it just because, first of all. So they'll right. offer you those benefits, tuition assistance, educational benefits, GI Bill, just because, you know, it's not just like a, a here's some things we'll just throw at you. No, it's, it's there for a reason. They want to make you better while you serve and then entice you to serve. And of course, some of those things are just that enticements to stay on, you know, to actually design on for that four year, six year, you know, agreement of service, or just to stay as a career a little bit longer because they value the training that they give you. So they want to get that back out of you, but they also value your educational experience. They value you becoming more well-rounded as an airman because they know that's going to make you more effective, more efficient at what you do. You know, eventually right. as you are, you, you can attest to this, you start getting, you start moving from the technical world of whatever you do to the leadership world and that educational background, it, it makes you more capable of, of being an effective leader. You know, we can only train so much. You can't train leadership. And that's where the education comes into play. And that's why we have PME. And that's why they send you to school just to to better yourself. So I would say anyone out there, you know, if the Air Force or whatever service you may happen to be a part of, you know, if they're going to take so much away from you, and it's not through force, you know, you signed up for the course, but they're offering you these things in return. It only makes sense that you need to take advantage of that because you want to have something to fall back on once it is time to make that transition. So without a doubt, you know, if, if you're going through your career, if you are in the military and you're going through your career without taking advantage of those programs, then you're just leaving a whole lot of, I could say you're leaving a whole lot of money on a table, a whole lot of just investment in yourself and, and your abilities that you're trying to improve. And um, it just makes no sense to me that folks wouldn't do it. I know some folks just want to go to work and, and go home, but at some point you have to be concerned about your your future or your family's right. future and invest in yourself. So without a doubt, I'll tell you, I always stress, hey, if you're one of my airmen, not only do you need to learn your job, but you need to also start learning some other some other skills, if you will, education, technical training, certifications, because it's only going to make you better. And I wanted you to walk out of that door with as much potential, as much, you know, on your resume, as, as much potential as you can have to become a, a successful employee of, well, who knows what, whatever, yeah. you, wherever you happen to go. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think uh, I, I do, I do see like a lot of people, they like during their time, they'll, they'll serve their four, six year first term contract, they'll separate, then they will go to college and do their GI Bill. And that's another four years. And then a lot of times, uh, guys, you know, I mean, they're happy, you know, they went back to college and they did their thing, but a lot of them are like, I wish I would have just like taken even just like one class every, every fiscal year, you know, and that, I mean, that alone, you know, over the course of six years, if you're taking one class 
and you're using utilizing all of that TA, you know, that's your whole freshman year, like knocked out. So now you only have three years left. It's just for, for, for me, it's like mind boggling how some people, you know, they're like, I, I get it. You know, like we got to work, 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 especially in the maintenance field, as you know, it's like, it's all about the work and meeting uh, all the estimated repair uh, times and uh, make sure the planes meet all their sorties. And like, at the end of the day though, is, even if you weren't here or if you got out of the military, somebody else is going to fill that role. You might as well look out for yourself as far as being able to uh, get your, get your education, go get your credentials, you know, being able to use just everything in, in front of you. It's yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. It's, it's mm-hmm. something that, that, that I'm super strong heartfelt about. And as a supervisor, you know, that's something, you know, that I definitely require of my uh, airmen is, you know, you need like, as soon as you get through your job and you know, and we are able to get your five levels. So you're proficient. Then we need to start looking into getting into college and just start, even if you don't want to, it's just one class. You just take one class an easy class and just keep it moving. It'll all add up at the end, you know? True. And, you know, and something that you said there, it just kind of really hit home for me, you know, just some of the the time requirements, you know, if you go into the, the maintenance world that we're involved in, you know, we've had an incredible shortage of maintainers over these years that we've been, we've been trying to, you know, fill in to build up, but really, you know, we've just been shorthanded, not just maintainers, many other career fields too, but regardless, and I'll tell you, regardless, you know, as a supervisor or any other level of leadership that you happen to be within a unit, you have to invest in your airmen even if you may be short manned out there on a line in the back shop, you have to find a way to have them invest in themselves. So find time for them to take classes or ask them to do some sacrifice. It's not all just about, you know, well, what can we do for you? It's like, Hey, even in this environment that we're in where you're working 12 hour shifts, if not more, you know, you're really being asked to do a lot, you know, you still have to sacrifice some and find your own time to really take a class. So maybe you got to get up a little bit early, have some online classes, go over the weekend. You may have to sit in class all day if you're trying to do in residence, well, not in residence, but actually in the actual classroom. Right. So you have to sacrifice, you know, you have to give in order to obtain some of the things that you, you want to have, but it ha- shouldn't be so much sacrifice that, that we were burning our people out be- and not enabling them to actually pursue what they want to pursue for their lives because we're asking so much from them for their actual military career. So there has to be a balance there because if you don't balance that, you would eventually lose those people anyway. So all that time and money and, and effort and, and leadership and hopefully passion that you gave to those airmen and trying to help them grow and develop just walks right out the door because you didn't fully pour yourself into them in, in other ways that would help them out once they left the military. Or honestly, like I said, even while they were still serving, these things that you would help them do and sometimes push them to do would help them not only in their after service careers, but as an actual service member to help them grow and, and be able to take on additional challenges within their, their duties. Cause like I said, you know, the turning the wrenches or, you know, pushing paper, whatever you happen to do, sitting on some guard posts someplace, eventually that goes away and you have leadership that you have to be concerned with. And you have a whole lot of people who are looking up to you to be an effective leader and supervisor. And that's something you have to learn how to be And the military would only give you so much. Some of that, yes, you have to just educate yourself, become more well-rounded, more knowledgeable, and then take that and, and make yourself a better leader. So for sure, yeah, we and cannot go, go ahead. ahead, sir. Now I'm just saying we cannot let those supervisors off the hook and say, Hey, you got a mission to do and make sure it gets done. No, you have airmen, you have people that you should be taking care of in, in multiple ways 
while you get the mission done. For sure. And I'll, and I'll definitely say uh, uh, for, for all the people that are active duty listening, make sure, and, and if you're single, of course, make sure to uh, try and get all the education stuff done now, you know, do it before you try and do it before you have a family, you know, before you get married, you know, because I mean, as you know, and I've seen, you know, with my parents, it's just that, you know, life can get in the way and, you know, other things take priority over, you know, education and such. And, you know, you just don't have the time, you know, like you, you're say you come home from a deployment and it's like, you know, you, you just want to, you just want to sit down and just hang out, see your child, you know, for the next six months, a year, and just be able just to stay calm and just, I, I, and I like, it's, it's like, I totally get that. So make sure, you know, you just try and just get it done beforehand or try and do it early on in your career where you don't quite have as many, uh, leadership roles or managerial roles, I should say, like, you know, like EPRs, you know, writing uh, 107s, which are engineering dispositions, you know, like something that's going to keep more time from you uh, having to stay at work, you know, past your 12 hours or past your eight hour shifts, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so, so, so for that, just as just the whole, definitely just get it done early before you start getting in there. Cause I mean, I do see a lot of master sergeants, uh, and like, and higher, you know, that are scrambling now to go get like their CCAF and starting to start the bachelor's now. And then when they hear that a senior airman is just about completed with his bachelor's, they, it's, they're kind of like, well, they're almost like appalled that they're like, where do you have the time to do that? And it's like, well, I don't have any kids, you know? So. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, you know, not to, to doubt anyone in any the experience that they may have had. But anytime, honestly, anytime that I looked at someone who was saying, you know what, I just don't have time to do that, you know, because of my job. I really just, I didn't take them seriously. You know, life is, is really a, a bunch of sacrifices that we make to get the things that we want. So if it's something that you truly want and you truly value, then like I said, you will make the time. But at the same time, I have to say this, you know, as you go through, you know, your career, and I don't care if you're military, if you're out in a civilian, you know, sector, but never, never forget about your family, especially for those folks who are in the military and you're progressing through your career and uh, you have a family, you have a wife or you have a wife and kids, or even I will say this, I will say going back to your family that you grew up with, your mom, you know, father, sisters and brothers, do not, number one, leave them behind. And two, for those family that are, that are with you, you have to focus on that family because I've seen too many times where you know, families have, have fallen apart and I wouldn't lay blame on any, any one person, but it's just, it has to be a, a joint effort, of course, from, from both members of, of a marriage. And um, just to make that work through all the things that we have to go through, the deployments, just the, the long work hours. But at the end of the day, you know, this may sound a little bit cliche, but all this goes away, all that career goes away. Eventually you may have a retirement paycheck and some trophy, not trophies, but awards and stuff on the walls or, you know, your little, maybe you have a room decked out with everything that you earned over your career. Right. And that's fine, but that, that gives you no comfort when you step out of this and you have a home and that home doesn't have your loved ones in it because you've neglected them over the course of your career. Not every, you know, not every marriage is going to make it, you know, it's no different than, you know, being outside the military. But if, if you have the option, the opportunity to make that work through the normal struggles that are going to happen in any marriage, then, you know, that's the one thing that you want to have with you when you do make that transition. I don't care if it's after four years, 10 years or 20 years, you know, nothing else is, is better than having that family with you at the tail end of, of that career. So I say truly focus on that as much as you can. No, absolutely. Uh, the, so, so, so moving on to like the, the very last question, because we're coming up on our time 
So if, if you were to give yourself advice as a young airman, what advice would that be? You know, I can look back at, at my career and I, and I tell people this, especially those folks who are having some trouble, some missteps, um, weren't performing as well as they, they know they knew that they could, or maybe thought that they were doing as best as they could, but their, their best just wasn't good enough according to the Air Force. So maybe not the Air Force, but just, you know, maybe just their supervisors or whoever. But I had, you know, some trying times throughout the course of my career. And I can look back and say, you know what, if I had been a bit more mature at this stage or I had been more focused on, on learning my job at this stage, or if I made that choice, you know, we can always look back, you know, in hindsight and say, hey, I could have this, this better or that better. But while you're in that moment, you know, you are the person that you are. And no one can go back and change that. So, you know, I don't really have any regrets over anything that happened in my career. I had some, some things, you know, there's periods where I was probably pretty close to the Air Force saying, hey, it's been good, but you're no longer needed here. You're not just, you're not quite fitting in the way we need you to. I mean, it was that level of, you know, just not performing and, and getting into trouble, nothing illegal, but just, you know, just not performing the way I was supposed to be. And supervisors and commanders saying, you know what, I don't know. I, I just don't know if we could, we should keep investing ourselves into, you know, young Airman Porter or, or Sergeant Porter. But eventually, you know, I just matured and I started making better choices. I had, I had better focus. I had family. I had something bigger than myself that I had to take care of and look out for. Um, so it was, it was at times challenging and I can look back at it and say, Hey, you were pretty stupid back then, but who is it? <laughs> Cause we're young and we're immature, but I say this, don't ever let anyone, you know, shut you down. I had some folks who just looked out for me who, uh, you know, put up some shields where they could have said, you know what, uh, I got bigger things to take care of to worry about than, than this airman here, who's really making it tough to, you know, continue to, to look out for them, but they didn't. And I still reach out to those individuals to this day on Facebook or wherever, because I understood that, hey, without them, my career could have came to an end a long time ago, and it may not have been as successful as, as I think it was uh, over those 26 years. So, and that's what we should all be doing, all right? Because, you know, no one's perfect. Everyone has different levels of, of maturity, different rates of growth, you know, people come into their own over different, and then some will reach actual, you know, different levels of success in their careers, no matter what it happens to be, just based on who they are. So you have to set that person up for the level of success that they are capable of achieving and then maybe push them a bit further than that, but never give up on something. Now, that's not to say that, hey, some people just show that they are not fit to do what they are doing. And at some point you have to make that decision, but that goes back to our, our earlier conversation, right? Give them the tools that they need to be successful doing something else if they can't be successful doing what they are currently doing, you know, make sure they're trying to get that education, make sure that at the very least saving up some money, getting their finances in order. Those are the things that we talk about because we don't know when that career may come to an end. But if I had to look back at it, that's what I really admire the most in the people that I've served with is just that, that family. I talk about that, that, that best assignment that I had, you know, because it was family and I've had family over the years, not actually, you know, blood family, but family in the military who just looked out for me, who cared for me, who cared for my career and who could have basically have done a whole lot of different things that would not have benefited me. It would have caused them no harm, probably would have made their lives easier, but they chose to do something else. They chose to invest themselves into me. So, and it's kind of why I wanted to give back in, in this way and continue to serve even after I, you know, I somewhat hung up the uniform 
So like I said, I wouldn't change a thing, but what I will do is, is in every way that I can mirror and emulate those folks who, who did those things for me going forward in the future. Absolutely. I, I'm <laughs> so a lot of the young airmen, definitely, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely a maturity growth thing that happens just like over the course of just staying in the military and just staying the course, having great leaders above you and just keep pressing, you know? So, uh, well, I really do appreciate you coming out here onto the show. Knucklebuster audience is going to absolutely love this episode. Uh, is there anything else you, you wanted to get out for closing remarks? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I did congratulate, you know, Staff Sergeant Select Joyce and his, his, his promotion, <laughs> selection for promotion. I saw the news. I have to ask you what your line number is. And for those folks who don't know, you know, line number is a, an actual promotion number that they, they give to those selects that kind of lets them know, hey, you're going to be promoting during this month of the year because you can't promote everybody at the same time. So you have a line number that kind of tells you, hey, you're going to get a promoted with this group right here. So again, congratulations. And what is your line number? So my line number is actually 440 out of 13,000, I think. So they so, want me to put it on now. <laughs> basically, I'm assuming that's what this next month. Yeah. So, so actually in the next, uh, I think this upcoming Thursday on the 1st of October, I'll mm -hmm. be, uh, I technically was supposed to put on back in September, but I'm going to be putting on in October from the COVID. So, but I will oh, be getting good. back paid from September and being backdated to the date of rank being September. So, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, so, so there's that my, or the, the balls in my court on that one. So I definitely am pretty excited. Uh, I know my shop leadership is like, we're going to go ahead and go get a top sewn on right now. Like not later now. So, mm -hmm. so, you well, know. you know, that, that comes with a whole lot of responsibility, you know, being called an NCO, being an NCO, not being called an NCO, but being an NCO. And you know this because, you know, the, the Air Force doesn't select you for that. If you haven't already shown that you are, you know, you're already performing, you're ready for that next level, but you're ready to be challenged because, you know, anytime you get promoted, you know, you should be, you should be looking at that, that next stripe, not because it's something you want to, you know, just trying to get another feather in your hat. No, because if you are performing at that level, that means you're doing things bigger than, than what you may think that you're capable of. So if you're looking at, you know, tech sergeant or beyond, it means your performance should be at that level. So I'm not saying, you know, you should be chasing a strike, but you should be chasing a performance that lets the Air Force know that you're ready for that next strike. So really that's what I'm saying to you. Start actually, you know, you know, pretty much acting like you're a tech sergeant because that should be the performance that you're trying to demonstrate just to, to get yourself prepared. So stay out of your comfort zone. I guess is the best way I would really sum, sum that up is stay out of your comfort zone, push yourself, and be ready for that next strike, be ready for that next next assignment, next duty position. Always prepare yourself for what's coming next because when you do that, you make yourself better at what you're currently doing. So if that makes sense to you, hopefully that makes sense to you. No, it, it absolutely does. And for all those who are listening that have been promoted, congratulations. And yeah, make sure you're just performing outside or staying outside of your comfort zone and performing on that next level. But Chief, I really do appreciate you coming on. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care. You too. That will conclude today's podcast. 
I really do appreciate your listenership. Uh, I hope that you were able to take away some information and words of wisdom coming from Chief Porter with his 26 years of experience. He's played a very big part in my career out here in Guam, and hopefully he was able to make a difference in your life. Make sure you follow us on the Facebook page and the Instagram at KnuckleBusterAP. And if you have any suggestions for the future episodes that are coming, uh, please look at the description. I have a little link in there to where you can send a real quick voice snap to me. And we'll be able to see if we're able to get that into the next episode. Hope you guys have an awesome day. See you next time.